everybody. So thanks for tuning in today to the Docs Sportscast. Uh, so we are excited today to talk about our topics. Aurora is uh, really, really pumped. She loves this time of year. Got the NBA playoffs going on, and uh, she loves uh, chasing round balls. She prefers uh, fuzzy round balls like tennis balls, but uh, she will get into the basketball spirit as well when it comes playoff time. So we are enjoying watching that as um, the playoffs continue and uh, the drama, story, action goes on with that. So um, anyway, we will get into a little bit of uh, today's topics. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, Aurora loves her teams. She loves a lot of teams. She she likes She's, she's similar to me, where there's probably one player on every team that she likes in the NBA, right? So when their season is over, she gets really sad about it, okay? And uh, she really loves to uh, make sure that people get to say goodbye to people that they care about. And because she cares about certain players on teams, things like that, she thought it would be good for us to say goodbye to teams when they exit uh, the playoffs, because uh, she loves to get told goodbye when we leave, so she doesn't just wake up from one of her 20 naps every day um, and realize, oh no, I'm alone, and no one said goodbye to me. Um, so anyway, for those of you who don't know, Aurora is the two-year-old dachshund on the cover art of the podcast. Uh, that's the reason for it being called the Dox Sportscast. Um, so yeah, with that being said, we will jump into today's um, goodbye. Goodbye, Miami Heat. Goodbye to that rough, tough mentality you brought on defense to the bubble last year. Goodbye to Jimmy Butler becoming a shadow of his bubble self. And he must have forgot he was the star of the team as he disappeared throughout the entire series. And goodbye to the good old days of sports. The last comment is actually something that uh, segues really well into our next topic. The next topic is uh, really spurred on by Aurora, and that is how she loves to do her research. She loves to go back and watch some old games, old film. You know, she's a she's a film rat. She loves to get in there and watch. I know you're not a rat. I, I know. Okay, she wants to make sure to clarify for everyone. She is not a rat. She is a dachshund. She is a puppy. She is a baby. And that is, that is all she can be considered. So she is not a rat, just for clarification. But she loves watching her film, right? She loves going back, watching historical film, watching Michael Jordan when he played. You know, going back and watching old football teams, watching Brett Favre play, things like that. She loves going back and watching these things. And something that was really apparent to her, especially with a lot of the latest news out there in the sports world, is that the days, the good old days of sports, is slowly but surely fading away. And, again, we said goodbye to that already. But let's pay a memorial to this, guys. Let's memorialize the good old days of sports because they are forever gone. Think about it. We had, recently, Russell Westbrook, when the Washington Wizards, who we've said goodbye to on this podcast, get popcorn thrown on him at the end of a game. Okay. Aurora has watched many historical games amongst many sports. She remembers seeing many games back in the day 
where this was something somewhat common where you could expect when you went to the locker room to get something thrown on you, right? And while we don't condone it, we want to highlight the unrealistic expectations of sports fans to be careful what they wish for. Because so many people are in an uproar right now. Rachel Nichols from ESPN, um, a lot of other people out there have had a lot of issues. Obviously, Russell Westbrook has issues with this. Granted, this is not okay. This is not okay. Like, you should not throw things at players. You should not throw food at players. You know, you, you shouldn't do that. Okay, that, that first off, you should not do that. It's You probably paid 20-something bucks for that small bucket of popcorn. Okay, and you're going to throw it away? You better have some money in your pockets because you just threw away a good amount of money. Like, I'll take that 20 bucks. If you want to throw popcorn, I'll, I'll take that 20 bucks. And, oh, by the way, you got ejected from your hundred-plus-dollar seat that you had. Probably more than that. So, you just threw away a ton of money. So, I hope you really think about the financial concept of what you did there. But, getting to the bigger point that we have. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, fans should not do that. But, there's so little that people understand about what you should do. People are in an uproar. There are certain people that are in an uproar about this. And, and they're like, well, we need the good fans in there. And, and people shouldn't be able to do that. And we need to keep those fans out. Well, guess what? If you want to keep those fans out, you're going to keep every fan out. Okay? And let me get to my point about this. So eject the fan and move on. Okay? How are you really going to stop them? You can't unless you don't sell food. Unless you don't allow people to go into the games without anything but their clothes. And some fans may get intoxicated enough to throw that. So you can't make people come in clothless, that's for sure. So the only way for you to really keep any of this from ever happening again is unrealistic expectation one way or the other. Or you don't have fans in there. You know? You don't have fans there for the games. And nobody wants that, do we? So be careful what you ask for when you say those things. Some fans may do stupid things. It happens, and you can't control it. Rachel Nichols from ESPN, who, I like Rachel Nichols. I don't have anything wrong with her. But she made a stupid comment the other day on, uh, I think it was The Jump, with Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson. And she said, she made a comment some, somewhat to the effect of, you know, people talk about how, you know, you shouldn't walk in a dark parking lot with no lights in the middle of the night because someone could come by, you know, because there's people with knives and stuff out there and you need to be careful. And she said, that's horrible. We shouldn't tell people that. We don't need to be telling people not to do that. We need to keep those people from being out there. We, she said, we need to not have people in those dark parking lots with knives and guns and crap. That's the problem. Okay, that's a very naive and to me a somewhat ignorant comment. Because it's, it's common sense. It's, it's, you know, being naive. Because here's the thing, guys. You can only control... What you can control. 
your actions. You can't control others' actions. Okay? You can't. So for her to say, oh, it's absurd that we have to tell people to not go into dark alleyways and dark parking lots and things like that at night because it's unsafe. It's absurd to tell people how to be adults and make good decisions about how to stay safe. Because I'm sorry, guys. That's a part of being an adult. That's a part of living in the world. Get over it. You can't control everyone. If you want to control everyone and you want to keep people from having their own free will and making their own decisions, that's what you're actually asking for. Because you can't ask people to sit and grow up and be mature if they're not. You can't ask people to, you know, have different upbringings and have different things instilled in them, work ethic and, you know, not not wanting to be harmful to other people and things like that. Like people are brought up to live different cultures in different ways and different thoughts. And yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's bad. But you can't control everyone and you have people that that's their ideal society. That's how they want to live. Literally, you do. You have that situation. And if you think it's not true, talk to people who are professional psychologists. Talk to people who are professional therapists. Talk to someone who is a psychologist at a prison. Okay? Those people that live there, those people that are in there, there's plenty of people they talk to that that is the society they want. Because to some people learning and education and being mature and doing things the right way is hard so we should do it the easy way just pull a knife on someone and take money from them that's the way they look at it right is oh that's the easy way so i'll just do that you can't change that in people you cannot control everyone okay and if you sit there and say oh well we need to do that you're taking away people's free will which people have a lot of issues with everything that went on with slavery and all those things. So down the line, think of the context of what you're saying. Down the line, if you get to where you want to be with certain things, if you're controlling everyone's aspects of free will, it's not much different than slavery and things like that in the past. So think about the context of where you're jumping to when you say something, you know? And that's a big thing I want to get across here. Just say something, but think through what you're saying, not just on the surface. Because, yes, I understand what she's saying on the surface. But that's why we teach children to be adults and make good decisions. Like, what's foolish and what's dangerous to do? Like, going in dark alleys. That's not good to do. That's not safe. You can sit there all day and tell kids, hey, don't take candy from strangers. Are you going to sit there and tell be, Are you going to sit there and tell a parent? You should never have to tell your kid to not take candy from a stranger. We should just make sure that people don't abduct kids or don't hurt kids or whatever. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't do that. You can't dictate that. No one can dictate that. It is something out of your control. Other people and their actions and their thoughts are out of your control. And I'm not justifying what those people do or the bad action that these people take. But I am not, but I am saying you cannot control them. You cannot control that. It is impossible to do it. That is the purpose of free will and living on this earth. Yes, in a perfect world, no one would ever be unsafe. Nothing would ever be unsafe. No one would be hurt. Okay? That is in a perfect world. This is not a perfect world. Okay? 
There's a reason God has us in this world, because it's imperfect. Okay, We are imperfect as humans, and we will make mistakes, and we will mess up. Okay, So when a drunk fan at a game messes up and throws popcorn on someone, I'm sorry, but that is not something anyone could have foreseen happening. It's There's nothing that would have allowed people at that stadium or that arena to know that that person was going to do that and keep them from playing. Or keep, not playing, but keep them from getting in to their seat. There's no one that did that. No one that could have done that. So understand that you know, you're sitting there pie in the sky thinking, oh, this would be lovely and we need to get to there because this is atrocious, this is awful. Think about reality here, okay? Reality of the situation, okay? Not pie in the sky, oh, this should never happen, like... Don't sit there and criticize this crap that you don't understand. Clearly, you don't understand reality in this situation. And again, I have a lot of respect for Rachel Nichols, but that was a stupid comment. Because you cannot, you cannot control other people's actions. You cannot understand and know what people will do in certain situations just by looking at them. And that's called profiling, and that's called being prejudiced if you do that. So if people do what you think they should be able to do, which is, oh... I can tell this person's going to be like that. Like, then you're profiling. You're judging someone before they even have a chance to show that they'll make a better decision. And granted, I don't think she really meant what she was saying. I think she was upset and passionate about what happened at the game. And absolutely don't fault her for that. I understand. But at the same time, you're on TV. And when you say these things, you need to think about what you're saying and you need to be able to think about it later and come back and apologize for it or give better context to what you're saying. Because it is not realistic. The reality of the situation is you will never be able to fix it. And she says, oh, well, we should just we should have all these people be ejected and never be allowed in an NBA stadium uh, ever again if they do that. I agree. I agree. I have nothing wrong with that. I have nothing wrong with the solution that you came up with, but the solution that you came up with is not going to fix the problem. Because, yes, this person A may be ejected for something, okay? But there's still going to be someone else later on. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of fans that come into these arenas every year, hundreds of thousands of fans that come through the doors. And you're never going to be able to weed out bad fans and good fans. You're never going to be able to do that. Yes, I understand that there was racial things said to John ja Morant's parents, and that is something that, I, yeah, they should never have to go through that. But, guys, that's what it is. That's the reality of the situation. We live in the world with other people. And, yes, there are people out there that do not understand rules of society. They do not understand how to act. They do not understand that you can't go to public areas and say certain things and act certain ways. Even if you have a certain belief, like, you can't do that, you know? Like, you know, my dad's a pastor, and if somebody wears a shirt that says something about Satan on it, you know, and he's at a basketball game, it's not like he's going to go over there and tell the person they need to leave. Like, there, there are things that are understood in society that, hey, this is just something, look, that's how that person wants to be, and I have to let them be, you know, what they want to be. Like, that's the thing, okay? 
So you're not going to be able to fix those things overnight. You're not going to be ever, ever be able to really fix it. So you need to learn that as a society, we've got to understand we will have differences with many people. We will have issues with many people. We will have many ideals that conflict with many people, guys. That's a point of living out there. In high school, there's cliques. There's all these things, and, and you know people don't like this person and all this crap. Guys, we're doing the same thing as adults right now in the world. Like, come on, get over this crap, okay? I get it. There are bad people out there that are doing bad things and doing wrong things and doing racist things and all this stuff. I get that. But what you don't, what you have to understand is that we can't eliminate free will. That's wrong. So if someone wants to be a certain way, it's not that we should encourage it. It's not that we should want them to act a certain way or be a certain way or tell them it's okay. We should definitely let them know it's wrong by ejecting them from these arenas and not letting them come to other games and things like that, letting them know, hey, this is not okay. That's absolutely fine. But if you want to sit and just hammer at home all day long and you want to sit and talk about things in press conferences and all this stuff, all you're doing is preaching to the choir. You're talking to all the people that understand what's going on. They understand not to act that way. They understand not to do that, okay? You're not fixing it. There is no fix. The fix is you create awareness for situations that are happening. All, that's all you have to do. You create awareness. You don't dramatize it. You don't make big, huge things about it. All you do is say, hey, this is an issue out there, and we all really need to think about this. When you go to a game, and you're there, and you're doing something, saying something, reacting a certain way to a play, just take a second to think about what you're doing. Because this is not this is not good behavior. It's not acceptable, and you will get ejected, and you will get whatever. That's all you. That's all you have to do. That's the that's the only thing that you can do, is make awareness for this, and then people have to make their own decisions, guys. People have to make their own decisions. It's the same thing if you're a parent and you have a child that goes off and decides to get on drugs or you know go be drunk in the bars every weekend and never keep a stable job, like. If they're going to choose to do that, that's their choice. And as a parent, yes, it's hard. But you have to understand, like, people are their own individuals, and they got to be able to make these decisions. So I get it. I get the problem, and it is not okay for a lot of these things to be acting this way. But at the same time, guys, we can't just expect everybody to come in, and all of a sudden our basketball crowds are like tennis crowds, where it's like a, a golf clap every time that a play is made. Guys, that's the point of sports is cheering, rooting, you know, getting in the head of the other team and things like that. Like, that should be something that we want. That atmosphere is a good atmosphere that we want. Yes, don't go too far. And if it does go too far, you will be ejected and you will not be allowed in these stadiums again. That's fine. Make awareness that that's what's going to happen to you. But then let it go when it happens because people have to make their own decision. And people will be ejected. They will not be allowed in. But we don't need to be, make this whole big thing about it and make a comment that's so ridiculous of, oh, we need to keep people from being dangerous out there in the world. I'm sorry, but you're never going to do that. You're never going to do that. All that you can do is control what you can control, which is yourself, your actions, and your comments. Okay? So if that's all that you can control, that means... You need to understand, I'm not going to put myself in an unsafe situation. 
I'm not going to put myself in an environment where I have a higher chance of getting hurt. Because if you choose to do that, because you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't have had to worry about going down that dark alley. This city I live in should have decided to kick everybody out that could have been dangerous. Okay, then that city would never have no one in it because everyone has the chance to be dangerous. Especially if you don't know them or understand them at all. So, that was just a ridiculous comment. I just wanted to highlight that. Aurora was kind of puzzled. She like, you know how dogs sit there and they like twist their head in confusion? Like, what the heck's going on? Like, that's exactly what she did at the camera um, when she made that comment. So, anyway, Aurora also said, why don't you just bring a guard dog with you like her everywhere? And, you know, you'll be protected. Because, you know, Aurora's like nine pounds of furiousness. Ah, anyway, moving on to the next topic, talking about the good old days of sports. Naomi Osaka, all right? Um, here's the thing. A lot of you probably heard about this. And Naomi Osaka going into the French Open, she will not be participating in press conferences. She will not be talking to the media at the French Open, okay? Now, the French Open is tennis. It's, it's one of the four Grand Slams in tennis, one of the four major tournaments of the year. For those of you who don't know, because I'm a big tennis fan, Aurora's a big tennis fan. She loves uh, not necessarily playing tennis, but t- chasing tennis balls. That's right up her alley. But anyway, we really enjoy tennis here um, on the cast. And French Open is a huge deal. We love it. And we love watching the best players. And I've been a big fan of Naomi. Been a big fan of hers. However, I lost some respect for her in this. Because she will not be talking to media. She will not be hosting in press conferences and things like that. And there's talks that she may default, which means she may be eliminated from the tournament because she's not willing to talk to the media. There's a lot of people who may be upset about this. There's a lot of people that may be on Naomi's side on this. And there's a lot of people who probably contradict what I have to say here and and be pretty frustrated with me. But the reason she's not doing this is because it's bad for her mental health. She's not willing to talk to the media at press conferences and things like that because it's bad for her mental health. Then don't play professional sports. Okay? This is really frustrating to me because media teams and interviewers and and, and press conference people today are nothing like what they used to be back in the day. Nothing like that. They do not jab you the same way they used to. And the fact that this is now becoming an issue is ridiculous to me. Because, again, the media is nothing compared to what it used to be as far as like as hardcore as they are and, and really going after players and press conferences and things. It is nothing like what it used to be. So, it's not like... I can just say, because I work in sales, guys. It's not like I can just say, you know what, sales, doing sales is a lot of pressure, and it's not really good for my mental health, so I'm just not going to sell. You know, I'm just going to, like, sit there and, you know, take care of whatever clients we happen to get, and that's really it, you know, because it's bad for my mental health. I can't do that, guys. I would lose my job. That's absolutely ridiculous. 
customer service people can't say, oh, every time someone calls in with a complaint, I'm just going to hang up because that's bad for my mental health to deal with that. It's called your job. Okay. They asked Novak Djokovic on the men's side about this, and he said it. It's a part of the job. Doing interviews, media, all that, it's a part of the job. That's what he said. Nothing else, but that, that's basically what he said. If the stress of the tennis match that you're playing at a major Grand Slam tournament isn't as hard as the interviews, there's something wrong there because that stress and that pressure should be way worse than a freaking interview. Come on. The media is nothing like what it used to be, so why is it that people are so soft now? Why is it that athletes are so soft nowadays? Company CEOs have to stand up and make statements to the media all the time. Get over it. Get over it or quit playing professional sports. It's a part of the job. Okay? And people, I think this is a big thing that people think, and especially these young kids, and, you know, they, they just think that, oh, I want to be a professional athlete. It'll be so much fun to play this game I really like to do. Yes, but you understand being professional means it's a job. It's a career. So when you do it, you got to do everything that comes with it. It's not just, oh, go play some tennis and then you're done. No, you've got press conferences. You've got commercials and things you have to do. You've got brands and sponsors you have to represent in commercials and things like that. You've got a lot of things that you have to do. You really, really do. And these people just want to be like, oh, no, 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 I just want to go on the court and play, and that's it. Sorry, guys. It's a part of the job. Okay? We had this conversation with Kyrie Irving just a few weeks ago. Guys, it's a part of the job. And seriously, if you what, – what is wrong? What is wrong with you? If you, if you don't – if you can't handle the stress of an interview after a press conference – I, I would not feel comfortable with you going out and doing the pressure of playing in a major tournament because you clearly can't handle the stress. If a press conference or talking to people in the media is too much for you, you don't need to be on the court. You don't need to play in these tournaments because that's going to be just as bad for your mental health. So my advice to you is get a sports psychologist to work with you on understanding how to handle stress because you clearly can't. And again, I love this player. I've been a big fan of hers, but I lost a lot of respect for her with this. Do your job. Talk to someone who's a professional so that you can do your job because everybody else out there is doing this. Everybody else is going through the interviews. They're handling the stress. They're doing all that. So if you win the tournament and you don't talk to the, the press or anything like that, I'm going to feel slighted if I was another player because you didn't have to deal with anything I dealt with. And I'm going to feel like, you know what? Yeah, you won that tournament, but you didn't really play in the tournament. You went out there and played matches, but you didn't deal with any of the stress of it. You didn't deal with any of the the you didn't deal with anything that comes along with being a part of that tournament. So, why should you, why should, I don't think you're better than me because I went through those stresses and pressures. And if I go out there and beat you, it just shows how much worse of an athlete you are because you didn't have to deal with those pressures. It's a part of the job. Get over it and do the job or get out of the sport. Seriously. It's, it comes with pressure. Being in competitive sport is a pressure 
situation. If you can't handle the pressure, you probably can't handle many careers because many career paths are stressful. Unless you want to be a professional channel surfer. And I don't think that that is a profession, even though there's plenty of people trying to do that job right now with the way the welfare checks and everything is. But, or stimulus checks. But anyway, guys, it's a part of the job. Do the interviews and talk to someone. Like, I hope that she gets some professional help because it's not good that she can't handle that. It's really not. And I think that she shouldn't be participating in this tournament if she can't handle something like that because the tournament pressure of playing these games is going to be so much worse. So I hope she defaults. I hope that they do not allow her to continue playing because she needs to, she needs to get some help right now. She needs to talk to a psychologist and understand how to deal with the pressures and stresses of this career that she has chosen to do because it's a part of it. Next up, along the same lines, guys. Liz Cambridge, okay, Liz Cambridge, for those of you who don't know, um, Aurora and I are big WNBA fans, we really like to watch the WNBA, um, we just really enjoy it, we really do, and um, I know a lot of people are down on the WNBA and they don't watch it, but guys, there's a, there's some premium athletes out there, there's some amazing girls out there playing on the basketball court, uh, some, some freaking nature athletes out there um, on the women's side, and I really enjoy it. I do, um, especially when the NBA season's over. Like, guys, like, there's nothing going on in the NFL. NBA's not going on. Like, hey, let's watch some WNBA because these girls are out there performing at a high level too. Um, love watching some of those girls. But anyway, Liz Cambridge, who is a dominant big man. Well, big woman, okay? She's a dominant center in the WNBA. Her coach, or the, the coach of an opposing team for the Connecticut Sun, um, was making an argument about a call on the court or, or uh, a call not happening on the court or whatever. And he referenced something saying, you know, what, what's my player supposed to do? Look, Liz is like Liz Cambridge. He, he didn't say her name, but he said, look, she's 300 pounds. What is my player supposed to do against that? So Cambridge was shaken by the comment. She was upset by the comment. And the post-game press conference, she was really upset about it and talked about it quite a bit. <clears throat> really? Really? You're a professional athlete. We just talked about this with Naomi Osaka. You're a professional athlete. If you don't have the confidence to deal with those types of comments and things like that, you, I don't know if you should be doing this because it is high pressure. We just talked about this, guys. It is a high pressure situation when you're a professional athlete you're playing competitive sports it is high pressure and so you need to have a lot of confidence and here's the thing realistically if I'm a coach if I'm your coach or if I'm your friend I'm concerned right now and I would say you don't need to be playing right now because here here's the reality of the situation if I was your coach if I was your friend, I would be coming to you after this game. I would be calling you or whatever, and I would be saying, Hey, look, this shook you. This upset you. This this deterred you from thinking about the game and focusing on the game, which is not good. Like, you need to be focused. You, you need to be, you know, really attentive and, and into the game because that's how you're going to play your best. So this 
kept you from possibly being able to play your best. And if this type of thing can do that, other things will also. So we need to figure out how to get you mentally tougher to shake those things off so that you can play better. And if I'm the coach, like, or if I'm your psychologist or whatever, I, I hope she has a sports psychologist, guys. I hope Liz Cambridge has someone professional that can work with her because she needs someone to talk to her because if this is upsetting her that much that it's focusing her away from the game, she has to talk about it at a press conference and all this stuff. Guys, look, she should not have been upset by that. And if I'm her coach, I'm 100% telling her that. You should not be upset that this person said, oh, she's 300 pounds. What's my girl supposed to do? Because here's the thing. She's only, Liz Cambridge is only like 220-something pounds, okay? So, yeah, that was an exaggeration. But when someone exaggerates like that, guys, he's doing it because he's scared. If I'm your coach, Liz Cambridge, I am sitting down with you and I'm talking to you today. And I am saying, Liz, look, that shouldn't upset you. That shouldn't upset you. You should have been pumped about that. You should have been excited about that. That should have gave you a lot of confidence. It really should have. That should have given you some good confidence. Because think about it. He's complaining because of the dominant force that you play with. You are playing with such force that you are playing like you have another 80 pounds to you. Because you play that strong. Because you are that dominant. Use it to boost your confidence. Don't sit and let it affect you and, and whine and complain about it after the game. Now, granted, I love Liz Cambridge. I really do. I, I like her a lot. I think she's a great player. I love to watch her play. And I'm seriously coming from this from a concerning standpoint. Because I don't want to see her game affected with verbal comments. As a sports, If someone is a sports psychologist, being a professional athlete, like a sports psychologist will help you to understand and know like you need to be able to combat these things that come at you. You need to be able to have them glance off of you and bounce off of you and not really get in to affect you and impact you mentally. And I'm seriously concerned about that. If I'm a coach, if I'm a friend, I'm gonna sit there and say, hey look, for your career, for you to play the best that you can on any given day, we got to figure out how to toughen up that mental dexterity for you. And I hope she gets help, guys. I hope she does because if every little comment like this could upset her, it's a liability to have her on the court. It really is. And I get it. Plenty of women out there deal with body image and things like that. But Liz Cambridge, listen, it, she'll never listen to this, so I'm acting like she's listening. But you are a professional athlete. You are a full-grown adult woman that's a professional athlete. You work out every day. You work hard on your body. I mean, you you have a you have a body that many women would adore to have. And I know that because of the fact that you're a professional athlete and the things I see you do out there are hard to do, so you have to work hard to be able to do it. So you have a lot to be proud of. And you need to be able to understand that if someone talks about you that way or whatever, because if I'm a player in the next game against you, I'm going to be using that against you. I'm going to say something about you, about your weight or whatever, because I'm going to throw your game off. That's a competitive advantage I can get. And, and that's just a mental part of the game. So I really hope 
that you can get some help with that. I hope you can see a sports psychologist and be able to understand how to use those things to fuel you instead of upsetting you because it should. It should. You are downright a dominant player in the WNBA. Why did you get drafted? Why do you have the salary that you have? Because you're a tall, big, strong woman. And that is what's making you be such a dominant player. So take take confidence in that. And when somebody says, oh my gosh, she's 300 pounds, what's my player supposed to do? I'd go by the coach and be like, <laughs> I'd be, I, I, look, I would go by the coach the next time down the court. And I'd be like, 300, I'm only 220, but I'm glad you think I play 80 pounds stronger than what I really am. And I'd go out there and i continue playing like 300 pounds because it's dominating. So anyway, NBA, NFL players, they get hit with much harder comments, things like that all the time. As a pro athlete, you need a little bit thicker skin, okay? You need a little bit thicker skin, and I'm really just coming from a standpoint of I want to see you play your best and at the top of your game consistently. And so these types of things cannot allow you to diminish in how you play or hurt your mental edge in the game because it's just sad to see you're a dominating player. I love to watch you play. We need to get this taken care of. So please start seeing a sports psychologist. Get some confidence into your game because you need to be willing to get through this stuff. Again, this goes back to everything we talked about in this episode. You can't control others. You can't control their actions or their words. Guys, we have to understand this. And so you have to understand that you can control yourself. So what you can control is how you handle it, how you get through it, how you persevere through it. And that's what makes the best athletes. That's what makes the MVPs of leagues is the people that can push it all off, that can handle the interviews, handle their teammates, handle the coaches, handle the comments, handle everything that comes their way and still play amazing. And that's what these people need to do. So anyway, uh, we'll wrap up with uh, some of those comments about the good old days of sports, and we'll talk about just a little bit of news here um, to wrap it up. I know we're going a little longer. Uh, so Julio Jones, jumping to the NFL, uh, is going to be moved at some point. Um, we're very confident of that. Confident of that. Uh, the Eagles are a possible partner for this with Zach Ertz, which I think could make sense just from a standpoint of, you know, those two players are fairly comparable, I think, right now. But here's the thing. We don't want to see Julio Jones go there. Aurora does not want to see Julio Jones go there um, because I'm not a Jalen Hurts fan. I do not think he's going to do well next year. And um, I think that, yes, he, might have done, he may have done well last year in limited play when nobody knew what he was bringing to the field. But, man, people have studied you. People have looked at your, your, your offensive abilities, and people know the schemes they were kind of running last year, and they will figure it out, and they will get after you, and I really don't think he's going to handle it well. So hopefully we're wrong there. You know, I'd like to see the Eagles continue to do well, but I just don't see it happening. So, um, I'd, and I don't think he's a very gifted passer either, so I think that would hurt Jones's value from a fantasy standpoint and whatnot. So anyway, um, you know, I hope that Julio gets to go somewhere good. Um, that is competitive, that can help him out to win a title or something like that, and and go somewhere where he can produce good numbers still. Uh, you know, let's not see him go to the Detroit Lions or anything like that. You know, let's let's see him go to the Rams. Let's see him go to, um, you know, even Washington, uh, something like that that can be competitive and get him somewhere where they can win. So the Seahawks have expressed interest. I mean, that would be a decent spot for him, but if I'm the Seahawks, I'm sitting there thinking, no, I don't really need to do that play right now because we got two good wide receivers anyway. So I think that would be a little too much for them from a wide receiver standpoint. I think they're set already. They just need to sure up that defense a little bit more. 
um, and the and the offensive line, obviously. But uh, anyway, next moving on, Rodgers and Green Bay. Um, here's the thing, guys. We said it a few few weeks back. We don't think that Rodgers is going to play somewhere else. We think he's going to play for the Green Bay Packers. And guess what, guys? As it continues going, more and more people are talking about, well, maybe money can fix the problem. Maybe money can fix the problem. It's getting more and more be a 50-50 situation here, guys. So we'll see if, we're in, if we end up being right in the long run. But uh, I think it's starting to trend more that way than not. And then uh, people talked about um, – speculating that Tim Tebow was brought in by Urban Meyer to play a Taysom Hill uh, role, which is a you know specialty quarterback, running back type of thing. And here's the thing, guys, I talked about it a couple of episodes ago. You drafted the number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence. And then what do you bring in to help him from a receiving standpoint after he's there? You bring in Tim Tebow. And I said that people should really be upset by that and really worried about that. So here's the thing. If you're upset by that, if you're worried about that, if it concerns you, uh, yeah, you need to be worried a lot more now because if people are talking about him being used that way as a gadget player at quarterback and stuff, that's even worse for Trevor Lawrence. I'd be really upset if I was Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars need to be really careful about how they handle this situation. So anyway, a lot of news, a lot of things we we're passionate about today, guys. Um, we will wrap up the episode. Uh, let us know what you guys think. I know we talk about some very controversial things. Um, you know, but feel free to like, share, subscribe. We have our Facebook below. We have our email below. Um, reach out, give us comments. Let us know what we can do to make the channel better um, or the the podcast better, so that everybody can enjoy it. And if you guys enjoy it, or if you know someone that would enjoy it, please send it out to them as well, so they can enjoy um, and we can grow the uh, listenership out there. So yeah, with that being said, Aurora and I will uh, let you guys get back to your day, and you will hear from us again on uh, Wednesday. So yeah, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Thank you. Have a good Memorial Day.